Genuine Love Podcast. I am Jensen. And I'm Virginia. We probably need to work on that. We sure do. so cheesy every time. I, well, I don't know how to introduce myself to people that I can't see. Yeah, that's you true. You know what I'm saying? Podcasting's I am hard, not great guys. at introducing myself to people that I can see, to be honest with you. Yeah. Have you ever mispronounced your name before? Don't ask me that. Have you? My name is the worst to mispronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, my yeah. Well, and I don't think that I mispronounce my name. I just don't think I see like say it really clearly, and so people think that I'm saying something else. What do you say, Jensen? Well, I don't say that. I say Jensen, but like some people are like ginseng, ginseng. I'm like yeah. no, or they're like Jetson, <laughs> or or seriously, I'm. This is not a joke, y'all. Sometimes people will be like, "What's your name?" and I'll say Jensen, and they'll say, "No, you're a first name." Uh. And I'm well, like, why would, I, why would I tell you my last name first? Who does that? Yeah. Why would that? I'm not James Bond. Why would I tell you? Jensen. Oh, sorry. It's Rebecca. <laughs> like, why would I? It's Rebecca Jensen. Why would I do that? If there is a Rebecca Jensen listening. That's you, a great name. You have a great name. Um, I get called V names all the time. So just anything Veronica. that starts with a V. Veronica, Vanessa, Victoria. Wow. Veronica was literally the only one that I could think of. Oh, well, I mean, I've been called all of the five V names, so I can think <laughs> of them off the top of my head. Yeah. I don't know. But, well, anyway. We're Virginia and Jensen. Yeah. Just in case. You didn't know? Okay. Are we being super annoying? Let's... No, I was about to combine our names to say Virginson. <laughs> but I thought that got weird. <laughs> We're Virginson. Welcome to Genuine Love Podcast. How much time would that take? Welcome back to Genuine Love Podcast. We're so excited that you're here and spending time with us. So we decided last week that we were going to start doing, like, reviews at the beginning of every mm-hmm. episode. So we're, well, we're not doing the reviews. We're reading the reviews that we're, <laughs> we're already gonna, given. We're, we're not reviewing, reviewing ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> but we do encourage you guys, if you're listening, to please leave a review because it's so nice and it's so helpful um, to help people find the podcast. Keep yeah. sharing it. You guys are like amazing at sharing things they're so nice so nice and if you listen to the podcast tag tag us on instagram or whatever form of social media facebook if if any of you out there have facebook yeah all the if you're over old people (laughs) you're not old i didn't mean to say that if you're over 25 oh gosh now we've lost so many followers (laughs) um but we are gonna read a review from trishna patel Yes. Is that it? Okay. Shout out to Trishna. Hi, girl. Hi. And she says, this is such an encouraging podcast. I love this podcast and excited to hear every new episode to come. So encouraging and a great reminder of the truth. They talk about all things relevant and use scripture to encourage their listeners. Thank you. Thanks, girl. That's so nice. So nice. So <clears throat> today is quite a day. It's quite a day. Because our topic is a doozy. We're talking about purity today, which was a very requested topic. Very. So, yes. If you requested this, congratulations, because we're talking about it. It's a little bit of an awkward one, though. Yeah, it's a hard one. For a variety of reasons. It's a hard one. One, no, not a variety of reasons. It's just one reason. Sex is uncomfortable to talk about. (laughs) It is. It is uncomfortable to talk about. But it's so important to talk about in light of the gospel. Right. And talking about intimacy in regard to scripture and all of that. It's a tough subject to talk about, but Mm -hmm. we truly believe that the most loving thing that we can do is to share the truth. Right. And like always, we're not coming to this 
saying we're perfect and we've Mm -hmm. done everything the right way. We haven't. We've messed up in our past as well. Mm -hmm. And so we are just looking at scripture with you to see what it says. So basically, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s, there was this big movement, the True Love Waits movement. And basically it was just saying, you know, you get a purity ring or you're committing to wait until marriage and for sex. Mm -hmm. And it was a very great concept. And hopefully there were people who, you know, actually participated in that and knew the right heart behind it. But with any kind of movement, sometimes people just jump on the bandwagon Mm -hmm. and don't really do it because they fully agree with it. They just Mm -hmm. do it because everybody else is doing it. Right. And so after that movement, you know, like we talked about last time, there can be a swing Mm. (laughs) from extremes. And it almost seems like the topic just kind of went away. Yeah. And a lot of churches, I'm not saying every church, I believe that a lot of churches are still talking about it, but a lot of churches have grown silent on purity and sex before marriage or sex outside of marriage. And sometimes whenever that happens in the church, it comes across as if it is unimportant. If something Mm -hmm. is not talked about, people don't think it's a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We're here to say sex is meant for marriage and for marriage alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like going back to the, what you were saying about the purity movement um, in the 90s and the early 2000s. I remember that. And I remember the whole purity ring thing being huge. Mm-hmm. And if you are listening and you're a Jonas Brothers fan, like me, oh, who gosh. is mildly obsessed with them. Can you sing us a song? I will do that. On I will dedicate we will a do whole episode to the it. The outro will be Jensen singing a Jonas yes. Brothers song. So make Let's, sure you listen to the end. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'll do it. But they... The three brothers wore purity rings, and everybody was like, what do those mean? And they basically said, you know, we've just committed ourselves to not having sex before we get married. And that's super great, but I think that also along with that movement came a lot of damage in how we view sex. And I think that it it was well-intentioned, but I think in some cases the result was people saving themselves for marriage, and then they get married— and they still see sex as this dirty thing, like yeah. this sinful thing. And it's difficult for them to take part in it with their husband or with their wife because they've always grown up thinking that it's bad, you right. know? Like I said, it was well-intentioned. But I think that what came out of it was not all what was intended. Sorry. Also, I don't know if you know this, Jensen, not to put a damper on things. But the, the Jonas Brothers also came out later saying that it was just an act for their image. And so they obviously didn't have a real a heart that wanted right. that. It was for yeah. an image. And I think that's another thing that a lot of it was, you know, slap a purity ring on and your parents think you're pure, you know? Right. So anyway, there are so many believers and we are not here to judge. No, like not we at all. said. Yeah. <laughs> we are very imperfect people. We are just pointing to scripture and just the fact that there's a lack of discussion about this in the mm-hmm. church. And there needs to be more of it. Because I think that the reason believers are actively participating in sexual sin, and a lot of believers are, and it's not just undercover anymore either. Right. It's almost celebrated, is because one They just don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know because they're not reading their Bibles or they're not hearing it at church 
Or two, they know that the Bible says this, but they're pulling the grace card, Mm -hmm. which basically says, you know, Jesus died for my sins, so he forgives everything that I do. So I know this is wrong, but I'm forgiven. And that's, you know, that's either one is not okay. Um, We've got to look at scripture and see what scripture says. If we believe that the Bible is true and every part of the Bible is true, then we've got to live like it. Mm -hmm. And we've got to obey what God says so that we can walk fully in the will of God and what he has for us and not be participating in something that is despicable to God. Right. Well, and I think too, so the title of this of this episode is a talk on purity. So mm-hmm. it's not, we're not saying it's a talk about sex because mm-hmm. sex is not the only part of purity. And if you are in a dating relationship, as, as your relationship becomes more serious, you're going to grow closer. You're going to grow more intimate with one another. And if proper boundaries aren't established there, then increasing the intimacy in your relationship can have very undesirable results. Mm -hmm. So an example being when someone breaks up with you, if you are living in a biblical, like a biblically minded dating relationship, Mm -hmm. there is no reason for you to feel true to the core feelings of betrayal or feelings of like, and heartbreak is very real. I'm not saying that that's, not valid. That totally is. But the feelings of betrayal or like your whole world has just been ripped out from under you or anything like that, that is a good sign that you were too intimate with that person, you mm-hmm. know, and, and not necessarily physically, but emotionally or spiritually. Right. And when you start acting like you are one before marriage, whether that's sexually or emotionally or uh, spiritually, then you're going to end up in a whole lot of trouble. And I mean, like the Bible is very specific about physical boundaries in relationships. They're mm-hmm. completely clear. They are not a matter of personal meaning or personal choice. Like this is what God has told us not to do. And like Ephesians 5, 3 says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity because these are improper for God's holy people. Mm-hmm. So God is just saying, you know, being physically intimate with somebody outside of marriage, you're, that's not what you're called to. You're, you're better than that. It's improper for God's holy people to be taking part in that. And anything in a premarital relationship that even hints at sexual immorality So I'm not going to go down a list of things, but (laughs) I think everybody can be kind of, you know, aware of what what I'm saying. Yeah, seriously, like even sleeping in the same bed Mm -hmm. or whatever. Virginia and I were talking earlier about how huge, like pornography is such a big deal in relationships right now. And it's completely unacceptable because it it just goes completely against scripture. Yeah. And we're not... We're not trying to come off as prudish if we do. Honestly, I don't care because (laughs) (laughs) we are pointing to scripture. And yes, culture would say this is a very prudish mindset. But 
like we said, if we're believers and if we believe everything that the Bible says is accurate and for our benefit to grow closer to the Lord and to be eternity-minded, then we've got to take it all very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Jensen was saying, we are better than that. We are we are supposed to live like believers. And First Thessalonians 4, 3-5 through 5 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of less like the Gentiles who do not know God. And also, 1 Corinthians six eighteen through 20, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like what we were talking about in body image. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are a temple, we are not to defile that temple with sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people think of sexual immorality as like having sex with somebody that you don't love or are committed to, like you said earlier. But sexual immorality is having sex outside of marriage. Right. It says also in Genesis, I mean, y'all, there's so much scripture that backs this up. You can't, you can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Genesis 2, 24 through 25, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. So one flesh is not supposed to be separated. It's mm-hmm. not supposed to be shared with other people and other mm-hmm. things. Jensen, should I read my C.S. Lewis quote right now? It's one of my favorites, so yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, C.S. Lewis expounded on this. Mm-hmm. And in Mere Christianity, he said, the Christian idea of marriage is based on Christ's words that a man and wife are to be regarded as a single organism, for that is what the words one flesh would be in modern English. And the Christians believe that when he said this, he was not expressing a sentiment, but stating a fact. Just as one is stating a fact when one says a lock and its key are one mechanism, or that a violin and a bow are one musical instrument. The inventor of the human machine was telling us that its two halves, the male and the female, were made to be combined together in pairs, not simply on the sexual level, but totally combined. The monstrosity of sexual intercourse outside of marriage is that those who indulge in it are trying to isolate one kind of union, the sexual, from all the other kinds of union which was intended to go along with it and make up the total union. The Christian attitude does not mean that there's anything wrong about sexual pleasure, any more than about the pleasure of eating. It means that you must not isolate that pleasure (laughs) and try to get it by itself any more than you ought to try to get the pleasures of taste without swallowing and digesting by chewing things and spitting them out again. Mm. So one flesh. Right. Anything outside of that is the definition of sexual immorality. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like what I was saying earlier, anything that hints at sexual immorality as well. I lead a... um, a small group at our church that is some high school girls. And my group that just graduated last year, I used to say this to them all the time when we would talk about topics like this, sexual immorality and purity and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would always tell them that your virginity is not a technicality. Mm-hmm. If you are doing something in a relationship and thinking to yourself, well, I can do that, and I'm still technically a virgin then you are participating in sexual immorality, period. That's just the way that it is. Because I think that as Christians, we have this idea, and I I do think that the purity movement had a lot to do with this too. Mm -hmm. We have this idea that sexual intercourse is where the line is crossed. 
Right. And that is not true. We are not meant, at it, you know, as, as dating significant others, we're not meant to see each other naked. Right. We're not meant to, I mean, seriously, super awkward, but we're just <laughs> going to talk about it. That's not what we're meant to do. Like, that's something that is so sacred and meant to happen in, in a marriage. Right. And I think that we're fooling ourselves to think that we can toe the line. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And that we can push as far as possible and still technically be in the will of God. Right. And that's absolutely not true. And the, the best part, and this is like the best part of the whole thing, is that, you know, in First Corinthians um, 6, 9, it's a verse that people use a lot to talk about homosexuality, but they, it talks about just sexual immorality in general as well, saying, you know, if you are sexually immoral, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And we leave it there, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, see, you shouldn't do that. And that's 100% true. Right. But what does the next verse say? It says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified by the power of Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God, mm-hmm. which is the good news of the gospel. Yes. Like it says, you you know, sexually immoral, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what you were. Yeah. Before you were washed and sanctified and justified by Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then following that, I don't have my Bible in front of me. I'm low-key <laughs> paraphrasing. But the verse after that says, so you say, so I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that's not true because everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Know for a fact that God can redeem anything yes. that has happened in a past relationship. Mm-hmm. He can turn anything from, you know, ashes into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't, if you have a past of sexual sin or whatever, or if you're involved in something of the like now, mm-hmm. I don't want you to think that this is a conversation that is like beating something over your head no. or telling you that you are sinful or whatever, but just telling you just. God desires so much more for you as a believer. And I don't know if we said this in the beginning, but this podcast, this episode is for believers. Right. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, to be completely honest, this doesn't apply to you. No. God has called us to something so much higher than sexual immorality. Well, and just like Jensen just said, this is not a conversation to beat you over the head. This is a conversation about freedom Mm -hmm. because if you are— living outside of God's will, you are not walking in true freedom. Right. And so if you want to truly be free and live in God's will and walk in his calling, you've got to obey his commands. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And I say it's simple rule. It, it is hard at the yeah. same time because right. we have to go against the cultural norm to do this. Right. But you can experience so much freedom. And we're here to tell you that having walked in bondage mm-hmm. and having walked in freedom. Yeah, absolutely. We know the difference and we know how different our lives are walking in freedom. That was really good what you just said. And it reminded me, a friend of mine said one time in talking about like the rules that God has set out for us in his word, she said in, in their backyard, they have like a, like kind of like a hill that goes down there. They have their flat backyard and then like a hill that goes down into trees and rocks and whatever. 
And she, they have two young children. And she was like, before we put our fence up, we were constantly telling the kids, no, stop, 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 stop. Don't run that way. Don't run that way. And the kids were miserable in the backyard because they were like, you know, trying to figure out where they can go, where they can't go. And they, and they were about to fall in constantly. And then they put the fence up. And she said, with the fence up, they had so much more freedom Mm. inside of the boundary lines because now they could run and be free because they were safe in the boundary lines that had been set by their parents. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really good. And I just thought of that as such an incredible picture of of God's word where we don't have to worry about falling into the pit anymore because Mm -hmm. he is, if we are understanding the boundary lines that he has set, we have so much freedom in that where mm-hmm. we can really be ourselves and we can enjoy him. Right. Because he has protected us from, you know, right. falling. So Yeah. And what I would say to someone pulling the grace card, because I too have pulled the grace card. God is a God of grace and we are so thankful for that. He sent Jesus to save us from our sins and, you know, defeat death by rising again and sending down the Holy Spirit to to live inside of us. But if he paid such a huge price for our sin, why do we why would we want to continue to walk in active sin? Mm-hmm. You know, we are sinners, we have a sin nature, but there's also active sin when you choose to do something that you know is a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and just say, Oh, I'm covered. I'm covered by grace. Why would we want to do that when we right. have been forgiven for so much and he paid such a high price for that. Right. It's unacceptable. It is yeah. it's unacceptable and y'all we're going to have to answer for that one day. Mm-hmm. And yes, we're covered. We are covered. We're going to heaven. Jesus saved us. But it does say in the Bible that we will have to answer for our sins. Yeah. It, there's forgiveness though. Mm-hmm. That is the wonderful thing. There is forgiveness right. and we can repent. But before we get to the end, let's also talk about marriage. There is also um impurity inside of marriage sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage should be honored by everyone, and husband and wife should keep their marriage pure. God will judge as guilty those who take part in sexual sins. And I know right now there's there's this growing thing of um, pornography inside of marriage Mm -hmm. and where couples will watch pornography together. There's obviously a problem with couples watching it apart, too. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about when couples get together to watch pornography for part of, you know, sex or whatever. And... I was telling Jensen, I was trying to find the percentage of people, and there were all kinds of percentages. And I think I saw one that said 20% of couples participate in pornography. I don't I don't necessarily trust that percentage, but I did see so many articles saying, like, why couples should participate in pornography together and how it strengthens your mm. sex life and all this stuff. And, you know, I was telling Jensen, my search history looks really weird right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that just those articles alone show you that this is being pushed in culture. Like, this is a, this is a good thing for your marriage, and this is acceptable. And mm. we've got to look at Scripture. And what is Scripture? Scripture say, Scripture says, marriage should be honored by everyone. Husband and wife should keep their marriage pure. It is mm-hmm. not pure to be looking at pornography, no, separate right. or together. Or if you're not married, it's not okay to look at pornography. And also, like in our own lives, we've got to make sure we keep our hearts pure. <laughs> I asked Jensen earlier. I was like, "Is that you know that song? Be careful, little eyes, what you see; little ears, what you hear. Is that a Bible verse?" <laughs> She's like, I don't think so, but (laughs) this is applicable. Oh, gosh. We have to make sure that what we're reading, what we're watching, what we're listening to is is pure, Mm -hmm. and we're not ingesting things that are not pure. 
Um, basically, I would say if it is something that you shouldn't be doing as a believer, don't let it entertain you. We should make sure we are guarding our hearts in that way. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so that should be kind of our measuring stick for what we're watching, listening to, um, reading. Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it excellent? You know, is it worthy of praise? We've got to be so diligent about this. Right. When adding on like what I was saying earlier, where the the title of this episode is about purity, so there's we've talked about sexual purity, mm-hmm. and then what Virginia is talking about is like emotional purity and mental purity and and spiritual purity and right. making sure that every facet of our life is pure for you know the the furthering of the kingdom of God, and if right. in regards to Dating relationships, couples that have chosen to not be physically intimate can still struggle with emotional intimacy. Right. And that occurs when couples share inner thoughts with one another or um, rely on one another for emotional support. And to an extent, you know, you're you're going to become um, – increasingly emotionally intimate with somebody if you're dating them. You do that when you're friends with somebody. Like, that makes sense. And as you begin to know and trust somebody, you become more emotionally linked together. Mm -hmm. But you have to guard your heart, which I know is such a cliche thing that the church says all the time. But it is, and it's not guarding your heart against, it's not like you're guarding your heart against an enemy, like your significant other is your enemy, but you're guarding your heart to be pure for the Lord and to be pure for your future husband or wife. When you only find your emotional support in your significant other, that's when you set yourself up for heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And there should be private portions of a person's heart that they only share with their spouse, with their husband or their wife, mm-hmm. not with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. And this is something that I never I never knew. I, I never had been taught that before. And it, when, like I was saying, we're, my husband and I are really involved in the youth ministry at our church, and our youth pastor taught on this, about being emotionally and spiritually and physically pure mm-hmm. for your husband or your wife. And I had never heard of that or thought of that. And in regard to being spiritually pure, I think as Christian Christians date, they are very well-intentioned, but they'll do um, devotionals or prayer time or whatever and with with each other. And that's a great thing to do, but there also have to be boundaries set in that because our relationship with God is the most intimate relationship we have in our lives. Mm-hmm. And if we are praying with somebody else or doing devotionals with somebody else or whatever, we are allowing them into that relationship as well. And when we invite others into that, we're inviting them into intimacy. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And a way that married couples strengthen their relationship is by praying with each other. Not saying that dating couples shouldn't pray with each other, but the manner in which they pray should preserve personal boundaries. And married couples can pray as one, like you were saying, one organism, Mm -hmm. as one unit. Dating couples can pray together, but they are still two individuals, Mm -hmm. and it needs to be in that manner. And I just think that that's such an important message for 
high school, college, just singles in general, that before, you know, while you're in the process of dating people, that's so important to keep in mind that you're not just trying to stay physically pure, right? but you're trying to be pure in every aspect of your life. Every aspect. And it's because, well, one, God calls us to be pure, but marriage is such a beautiful covenant. Like we're mm-hmm. here to tell you, we've been married. How, how long have you been married? Uh, it'll be seven years this year. Oh, it'll be six for us a week from oh, today. Oh, little baby marriage. Little over baby there. marriage. You are the older than The people listening me. that I've been married for 35 years are like, please stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, we've been married a little bit, and it really is it's so beautiful. And it's supposed to be a picture of between us and God. We are spo- The church is supposed to be the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. He is our groom. Um, and even, you know, you can look in the Old Testament whenever the Israelites defied God or, you know, worshiped idols. It broke God's heart, and it also made him really mad because mm-hmm. they were breaking covenant with him by mm-hmm. doing those things. And by by not being pure in every form, even if it's before you're married, even if you're a high schooler dating and you're giving yourself away to someone else, you were breaking covenant. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, like we said, God is a gracious God, and He forgives but there also has to be repentance there. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, God's going to forgive me. Yes, if you're a Christian, yes, you will spend eternity with him. But you have to repent. You need to repent. Mm-hmm. God calls us to repent. He told the woman in the New Testament, they were trying to stone this woman because she had an affair. Was that mm-hmm. right? She was yeah. sexually immoral. And they were trying to stone her. And you know, Jesus comes up and he says, he who, th- who is without sin, throw the first stone. And so, you know, slowly they all drop their stones and walk away. But he tells that woman, he doesn't just say, I forgive you. He says, go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same for us. Yes, we are forgiven. We're covered. Thank God. But go and sin no more. Don't actively walk in sin. Mm -hmm. And there is so much grace and forgiveness and you know, once you're forgiven, you walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. You don't walk as though you are living in bondage. You walk in freedom. So <sighs> some action steps we got for you. If you are in a dating relationship, I don't care what your age is because mm-hmm. I've heard people say, you know, I've I've waited this long. You know, it's fine if I do it now because, right. you know, I'm this age. Truth is truth forever. Just make a rule not to be alone together in compromised situations. Stop doing what you're doing and repent if you are living sexually immoral lifestyles. Repent, ask for forgiveness. If you're married to somebody that you had sex with before marriage or you were impure with before marriage, just admit together that it was wrong, that it went against the Bible. Ask for forgiveness, repent of it, and walk in freedom. Mm -hmm. Commit to purity, not just with a purity ring. Yeah. (laughs) Just commit to having a heart of purity, not because it's a rule, Mm -hmm. but because it's just the heart of God. And I would say if you're in a relationship and marriage isn't on the horizon, you need to end it. Mm -hmm. Dating dating should be for the end goal of marriage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, guys, this was a heavy one. This was, yeah. I feel tired. (laughs) I'm exhausted. But it's an important topic. I'm glad we did it. And I'm glad it's over. I am too. To be completely honest. Please don't send us nasty emails. And <laughs> please don't send this to our moms <laughs> or mother-in-laws or anything so of the sort. But yeah. So if you have questions or topic recommendations, all of the things can be sent to our email address, which is 
genuinelovepodcast at gmail.com. Got it. Also, we want to start doing something during the podcast, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the end, we haven't decided yet, where we answer some questions that aren't so serious. Yeah. Like, just, just give a little funny bit of things. a lighthearted like, note. If you want to know what our favorite movie is or what, I don't know, our most embarrassing moment, oh, maybe. Gosh. I, I had don't a really, lot, though. I know, me too. I had one earlier here with Virginia. <laughs> we'll tell you about oh, that next time. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Um, but anything like that, we, I mean, the, the heart of this podcast is to share scripture and to encourage you and all those things. But we also additionally want you to get to know us and yeah. want to feel like you are just having coffee with friends when you listen to our podcast. So right. I think that's it. That's it, y'all. We're right. done with purity. We're done. Well, we're not done. We're going to continue. <laughs> we're going to continue with the purity. We're done talking about it. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we will see y'all next week. See y'all.